Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. When I first started my recovery 11 years ago, I struggled through the textbook-like material on the subject. I wanted to make the addiction and the recovery from it accessible and relatable to more people by telling it in an entertaining way. Well, I'm super excited to announce I've released my first book, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict. If I can help just one person find a solution or at least realize they're not broken or alone, then writing this has been worth it. You can pick up the book exclusively at Amazon or signed copy at secretlifenovel.com. And the best way to support our podcast is to subscribe and share. If you haven't left a review or rating on Apple Podcasts yet, please do. It'll help more people find our show. And if you want to be a guest, shoot me a note at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know those deep, dark secrets you probably want to take to your grave. Really, the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Today, my guest is Liz. Now, Liz, I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret? I mean, this doesn't seem maybe a big deal to other people, but to me, it's a very big deal. But I, I no longer speak to my sister and I have had a very toxic, hard relationship with her for 40 plus years. Wow. That's gotta be, are you two the only siblings? We've got some half, I got a half brother Mm -hmm. and stepsister and uh, stepbrother, but yeah, she's my full sister. My only one. So when did that start? When did you guys, like, it just didn't click? Or when did that happen when you noticed? Well, I think my mom kind of set us up to fail if you really want to. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love the truth. Hello, secret. of blame right towards <laughs> my mother. Who do we blame right towards yes, the mom? Yes, who should we point our fingers at? I want to pick Let's just, Let's try her today. Um, <laughs> no, but you know what? It was, it, she's eight years younger than me. Okay. And I think when somebody's eight years younger, you feel like, oh, well, this one's so much bigger. They could like hurt the other person or be mean to the other person because they're so much older and bigger. So she never empowered me to kind of be sister, a sister to her. It was more like she was always like, my sister would, um, you know, cry over something. My mother would always like blame me or like, you know, she would irritate me and I'd be like, get out of here. And my mother would be like, you're so mean to her. You know, it was like never, it was never my, I never had any kind of right to say, I don't want this. I don't, you know, I, but please, I need some space, right. you know? And I think, and then it became her getting in the middle of all of our arguments and it's just the constant kind of um, getting involved, being overly involved and not letting us kind of work our own thing out and not encouraging us to really love one another and show us how to build a relationship. I think that was the start of the badness when we were really children, frankly. Yeah. Um, but it really escalated to like dangerous levels uh, the older that we got. And just it, the toxic level of things kept growing and growing and growing. But did you feel like growing up, when, especially when you were younger, if she favored one sister over the other, your mom? Did you feel that? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. She favored, favored my sister. There's no doubt. She always looked at my sister like a little wounded bird that she had to save and that she wanted to help and be kind of a friend to. 
And, um, and I think that's because my parents divorced when she was really young and she, she would have night terrors and be like screaming and crying. And, you know, she just had a lot of stuff going on. And I think my mom felt really bad for her and guilty. Um, and I think that that lent itself to her kind of just always being so in, super overly involved in her like life. Like a meshing. It seems like a little enmeshment going on. Like Right. So that there was, a, there was things like she would offer a punishment and then come right back in and kind of take it away. Right. You know, she wouldn't let it sit, right? Like right. where you could like have a moment and be like, oh boy, I did do that. That was bad. You know, if she'd come in and like apologize or like reverse the action. And then she, you know, then, then my sister became very wild. Like in high school, she moved in with her high school boyfriend, like left our house at like 16 and like moved in with this guy in his house. Like who does that? Nobody. Like it was crazy. So my mom's like lack of boundaries mm-hmm. became so, it, it blew up. It blew up. In Did her you face. resent your mom? Cause she had lack of boundaries. Did she have boundaries with you and not with your sister? Do you feel? I did, I did resent her, but, but truthfully, my father was such a disciplinarian and I grew up with my father. My father didn't leave. Oh. I was, you know, 16, 15, 16 when my dad left. So I had this very strict, overly strict overly strict disciplinarian in my house. So I just did not play, you know, like I did not do that stuff. My stuff, I would sneak out and do like bad things like that. But I was never, you know, like my sister went to rehab a couple of times for love addiction, for drug addiction. I know nothing about love addiction, by the way. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, so exactly. So my, I guess my point is it really snowballed. Like this became bigger and bigger and bigger because of the way it was set up from the start. Yeah. And I have to see if you're like the older sibling and you had it so hard, especially with, with your dad and stuff. And then he leaves and your sister's getting it easy and she's overrunning the house and seeming like she's out of control, that there would be a lot of tension between you guys. And you didn't grow up at the same time, really. Eight years is a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah, You don't have the same experience. I mean, you got to think about the lens of somebody that is, you know, 14, 15 going through the divorce. Like I was actually glad my parents were getting a divorce because I thought they fought all the time and they were yeah. terrible to each other. So to me, it wasn't a terrible thing that they were getting divorced. My sister was crushed. Yeah. Crushed. Oh, even my sister is two years older than me and we have totally different experiences of the same situation. We've talked about it. Like, oh no, this was happening. She's like, oh, I didn't know that. All I knew was this was happening. And we were in the same household. It was crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. So it snowballed. So let's get to high school or you were out of high school when she was in high school. So when did it get so toxic and how toxic, if you can take us through one experience with your sister? Well, I mean, it's, it's this, it's the, probably the straw that listen. And, and let me say we had many reconciliations. Okay. Many times where I would set a boundary and mm-hmm. then I would take it away and then I would set a boundary and then I'd feel guilty because that's my sister and I want it. And I romanticized. I want a sister. I want a sister. You know? Yes, I want that. And I'd see other people with sisters and I was like, I want what they have. They shop together and they're having lunch. I want that sister. You know, oh my God, I would be so jealous of people with their family situations all the time going on vacations and everyone getting along and we, we would blow up every family vacation. 
Okay, like, like what? Point where nobody wanted us to like even go on oh. these. <laughs> you're like disinvited because you're both dramatic. They're like, you both can't come anymore. And, but by the way, it would not, I, I, she would trigger me and I would respond, but it was never me really starting any of this stuff. Like it, she would just be set off by the littlest thing. Like I got the better bedroom. Uh, she, oh. she, she's mad. I, I mean, like it could be anything just set her the hell off. It was always like, did she like take out like a ruler and, and, and do like the length of whose bedroom was bigger. <laughs> oh, no. And then if you're... I don't know. In her mind. Yes. In her <laughs> mind. Yes. Um, and she, I mean, I remember when she, she cornered me in the bathroom and I had brought my fiance and well, wait, were we engaged? I think we, yeah, we were engaged. We were on vacation together and my husband was yeah. there. And when my husband came into this dynamic, he was like, what the actual hell is this? Like, he could not believe I would like, before every vacation, I'd be like throwing up really sick. Like, like I not would, understanding why you're having a physical reaction. To no, this. I knew why. I knew. No, but he didn't know why you were having that physical reaction. Oh, no, he did. Because he saw oh. what she was like and was like, oh, my God, this is killing you. Like, you're the, the level of like toxicity that this is, it's not even worth it. Like, he was saying this for years. Like, he right, right. Believe- what it was and how my, the great thing is that after a while she would go after any like different people in the family. So they let her go after me and they wouldn't stop her. So like, it would just be like her coming at me and they would just all just not say a word. Cause they didn't want to get attacked. They didn't want to get just, attacked. Like, they, let were it happen to you? they were scared of her. So but, but one of these times she pulled me aside and was like, I don't like him about my husband. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, that's good. Cause I'm going to marry him. <laughs> I'm sure that it helped your relationship. Well, I then, love that you're like, she pokes and you poke back and it's just- No, but guess what? That When I stood firm on that, yeah. guess what? She started to be nice to him and like him and all the things. So I think part of it is just like, obviously boundaries, right? Yeah. I didn't learn good boundaries from my mother. Then I, I realized, okay, that's the key. But it really culminated with like, just, we had a, we had a simple misunderstanding it was over a crib that was left at my mother's beach house. Okay. I love this. It's a I'm crib. A crib. Got it. I lit it up a little bit because my mother is very like about her beach house. Like, don't leave anything out. Like, leave it nice for the next person. And I lit it up a little bit with my mother. Like, this crib is huge and you can barely get in the door. It was true. But I, in the back of my mind, let me just tell you, I, I was lighting that shit up. Like, yeah, I was you were like poking the bear. I was being say. a gaslighter. And she was like, what? what? I'm going to talk to her. And I was like, oh shit. Like the minute she said that, I go, no, don't talk to her. It's fine. Like, I was like, oh no, I've done it. So she went after my sister. And of course my sister knew that she had heard it from me because my mom's not there. So it's me that's reporting on this damn crib. And it set off a series of, and my mom even said, don't text back today. Like she's really enraged. Like, don't, don't. So when I woke up in the morning, my first, when I opened my eyes at like five in the morning, I thought I'm going to text her and I'm going to apologize. And I'm going to say, I love you because I really did just guess like that. Like that was really not okay. What I did, I was ready to do that. I look at my phone and it's like, fuck you, you fucking bitch. You are a liar. I mean, when I tell you the level of expletives and the deep character assassination in this text, yeah. I literally was so, and she's, she can really go there. Like I call her a gang bitch fighter. She's a gang bitch fighter. So I know that about her, right? 
So just imagine what this text was. If I already know she's gangster and I'm shocked by this text, imagine the it was like, I'm going to cut you. I, I hope you die, you bitch. Yes. I'm gonna, next time I see you, I'm going to like, <laughs> Yeah. I, I get it. I used to be like yeah. that. I'm in recovery now, but yeah. I used to like go after the jugular. So yeah. I get it. It was, it was really scary. And then I thought, and then I couldn't unring it. You know, I tried to apologize. She was not having it. Then I was like, then I just started. And then I just was like, I have to not, I have to back out of this because it's not going anywhere. Right. And right. then it was like, she kept coming for me. And then it was like coming for me on a level where it was continuous and all the time. And I mean, I'm talking about this one on like for months. Months? I thought you were going to say like a couple of days or a week. Like I should- this went on, this went on for months. Oh my God. And then, you know, I finally, she, at one point she wanted to apologize and whatever, but it was, it had gotten so bad that I was like, you know what, Brianna, and I'm being dead serious mm-hmm. that it was like restraining order time. Mm-hmm. Like I was feeling that way. And I wasn't feeling safe. I was, I didn't think my kids were safe. I was really, it was really bad. Wow. So I thought, you know what? This is not, I can't, this is now gone beyond like me or like now I'm worried for my kids. Cause she was involving them in the, in the character assassinations. She was starting to involve them. Oh yeah. No, you don't mess with someone's kids. And I was like, Ooh, that's, and she knows that because she has she has a kid. And if I did that to her, she would literally die. So she knows that. So that's why it was even worse is that she knew what she was doing. Yeah. And so I I I just said, you know, I sent her an email and I was like, you know, I'm just, we're just gonna, I'm gonna have to bow out of this. And it's just that's the way it's gonna be. And we had a brief like over Christmas moment before COVID, like trying to kind of make it happen. And I tried again and then I went right back again and said, no, this is not happening. And I think. And she's come to me since and tried to kind of, and believe me, don't think I don't have the reconciliation dreams. Like I do. I've almost texted her. I've almost sent the email. Like, this is ridiculous. I've, I've almost, almost, almost did a a bunch of times. Right, right, right. But since I have laid this boundary down, my life has changed so much for the better. And I didn't realize these, these years of where I was mistreating myself by not taking care of myself. I was basically telling myself, like, I hate you. I hate you. You're stupid. You were abusing yourself with someone else. I mean, just because their blood doesn't mean you take abuse. I've had to set massive boundaries with my father and he's overstepped. We've had a year where we didn't talk at all, you know? And when the book came out, we had a big blow up about that too. So I get it. And it's heart wrenching and you want to call and you want to fix it. But then the self-care in you is like, I cannot do this again to myself. Why do I keep abusing myself with this person just because they're a family member? Yeah. And I can imagine from your perspective, once you get a taste of true freedom Mm -hmm. where you feel like, wow, I'm on a whole other path because I have put myself in a position of honor and respect and you feel all the things that just started coming to you when you do that for yourself. Yeah, It's really impossible to almost to go back after that because then you're like, my life is so good. I feel so full. I feel so free. I feel free yeah. about the whole thing that I just can't, I can't, I can't go back. That's the thing though with my brain and I I want to ask about you cuz I am an addict and and I you I don't think aren't um we've had this discussion before but you know 
as an addict, I go into fantasy still or and not reality. So if he reaches out and he's kind, I sometimes get sucked into that trap. Like I do have, it's happened in the past and it's like, not real, not real. Stop <laughs> like this is ever- Danger. <laughs> Danger, abort mission, abort mission. <laughs> totally. Does that happen to you? Do you fantasize about it still being something and then you have to like re- tell yourself or reparent yourself and say, this is not going to happen. Like stop doing this to yourself. I don't fantasize anymore. Mm -hmm. I, even when she reaches out, I know it's not possible Okay, because I'm also looking for something to be dead honest. If the reach out was, I have done so much thinking about this. Right. And will you accept my deepest apology? And can you please know that I absolutely can't believe the way I acted? Accountability. So you want some accountability. There is none. Right. There is none. (laughs) Every email is, but I really want someone to talk to you about mom. And I really want you to be in my kid's life. It's not, I want to be in your kid's life or what can I bring to you? There's nothing, none of that. It's all about what is she going to get from this? And I'm like, I'm not here. I'm not available for that kind of relationship. That's so telling. I have to tell you, I mean, there was this moment just to piggyback. There was this moment where my mom said to me very clearly, I'm sorry, I wasn't a great mom because I didn't have a great mom. And I sincerely apologize for not being there for you. And the moment she said that, there was this, this lift of anger or, you know, resentment or sadness that lifted. And I always said, if my dad just did that, if he just called and said, Hey, I, sorry, I was selfish. I'm sorry. I hurt your feelings. I I won't let that happen again. There's something that as a family member, you go, Oh, that's all I needed. Just some accountability and that it won't happen again. Yeah. And I, the the funniest thing is when she's gone to enough therapy, you know, Mm -hmm. 700 years of therapy, she would do things like, like when she talked to me and she'd say, um, you know, you always take really ugly pictures of me. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, you know, it's something that you do and you probably aren't even aware you're doing it, but it is something that you do. You take really ugly pictures of me on purpose because, you know, you have like a little bit of a jealousy towards me. And I'm thinking, oh, she's taking your inventory. Yeah. The height of insanity is telling another person what's going on inside themselves. Can you imagine? Can you imagine me telling you what's going on inside of you? I would love it. It would be such a good time. (laughs) But I'm just picturing like a family photo and she looks horrible in the picture and everybody looks good and she blames you because she doesn't. No, but she doesn't look horrible. This is the thing that is insane. (gasps) She's a beautiful girl. So it's pretty hard for her to look horrible. Like right. she, to me, she looks great, you know? So even if she, okay, fine. You don't like the, yourself. Everybody's like that, right? Sometimes right. they don't we like pick the picture each other, themselves. We pick ourselves apart. I get like, it. That's my bad I side. I totally get that. I know, but it's insane that she would think you would base the your life on taking a bad picture of her. Right. That's insanity. But that would be like a goal of mine and a yeah. thing I'm doing unwittingly just to tear her down. I was like, that is just... It's just, and this is the thing, truly, I do feel that she is so much better mm-hmm. without me. I feel like all the things she needs to do will not occur if I am there because she uses me as a competitive, 
you know, point of angst and pain. So to me, if I am removed from the situation and you still have all this pain, which is true, right. that is all, there's, it's, it's all pain, a lot of pain going on still then you got to point the finger at, at yourself at some point. So you feel like you were have been such an escape goat that now you're yes. removed yourself and say, hey, I'm going to yes. stay out of your life. I don't want to create any more drama. I don't want to be the scapegoat. Like if you're still feeling this, this might be something internally you need to look at. Right. And I think that's, I think that that can happen. Like I really actually, I want the best for her. I want her to send me an email and say, oh my God, I've looked at everything and I cannot believe like what I've done. And I, I, I want to like, is there a path back? Like, could we go to a therapist together? Like, I would love her to do that. I don't think that's ever going to happen mm-hmm. because she's, her, her story is I'm a victim. I'm a victim and everything happens to me. And I didn't get all these things. And that is not my story. And it will never be my story. And do you think that this, you kept this a secret or not talked about it a lot because is there something in you that, you know, is upset that you can't make it work with your sister or embarrassed or like, what oh, yeah. does it bring up to in you? I think the reason, and you know, it was a shock even to some of my closest friends when I really told them right what was going on. I had told my sister-in-law because I feel like she's like one of those people. She just like loves me so much. She just like is horrified for anything. That, if anyone's even slightly mean to me, she'll kill them. So I told her. <laughs> she's that person you could bury a dead body she's my, with. She's my, she's my real sister. That's yeah, right. She, but um, yes, I felt really embarrassed. Like I love women. I have great women friends. Yeah, I, you're like a women advocate. Like hello. you're like, hello, all women, let's work together. Like you're yes. one of the people I know that will like, go through battle for any woman. Totally. And I, and I thought to myself, my God, like I, if I met a stranger who was a woman and needed my help and said, you know, can you help me? I would help her. And like, I can't fix this. Your sister, your own sister. Yeah. So it was really, it was humiliating to me. And I felt like it meant, you know, that I was a terrible person. I really had internalized that to a level that was like, ridiculous. So I think once, once I just started talking about it and saying, this is real, this happened. And I do talk about it publicly. Sometimes I try not to overly detail it out, to be honest, because I feel like I don't want to disparage her, you know, because I don't, I want her to have the best life in the whole world. I do, but I don't want to also hide and not let people know that when you have a toxic family member and it is on a level where you don't feel safe you don't feel like you feel like you're on a restraining order level. Mm-hmm. Please, yes, stop talking to this person. Withdrawal. <laughs> no, even if it's not that it's even that emotional or mental abuse yes. that is actually is so damaging, and that's what I, I felt. And even with my dad, it was like an emotional incestuous situation where it's like I'm not a ch- your child anymore. I'm an adult. Any toxic family member, you are allowed to withdraw from the party. Like, okay, here's my flag. I'm going the other way. Yes. And I also, I mean, you probably have heard this term because again, you're you're deep in this work, but like this triangle thing Mm -hmm. where people just keep going around the triangle, right? Like, so if you're in this toxic little triangle, I was in a toxic triangle with my mother, right? With my mother. Sometimes my mother would be like, Nina's being terrible today. And then I'd be like, oh, so awesome. My mom's on my side. Yeah. Yeah. So totally. cool. You know? 
And then there'd be other times where my sister and I would talk about my mother. She's such a bitch. She's, wasn't she the worst mother? And that felt so yummy. And yeah. it just went around in this toxic triangle. And I, when I took myself out of it, they panicked. Yeah, they, because when you say I'm not playing this role anymore, I'm not participating, they always panic because they oh, are yeah. you playing that role, being in that dynamic. Yeah, and they knew exactly what to do, by the way, to try to suck me back in. It was funny as hell. They were like, well, we planned this trip to Palm Springs for Thanksgiving. You don't want to go? <laughs> and then you're like, Shit. I was like, first of all, <laughs> I haven't talked to my sister in I don't know how many months. Right. So that would be kind of weird to just show up in Palm Springs and be like, let's talk. It's Thanksgiving. Secondly, no, I'm not going to Palm Springs. They tried to entice you with the trip to Palm Springs. They're like, come, it's sunny. Palm Springs, bye. (laughs) But that's the truth. When we decide not to play a role in our family, the whole family dynamic usually blows up and people start freaking out and saying things and doing things and trying to create drama, trying to create you to get back into it. And I remember the moment, the last time my dad did that, my husband asked me, did you call your sister or your mom? Because I would call them and get them involved and say, he did this to me. He said this. And it was the first time I said, no, I didn't call them. I don't want to bring them into it. It's, you know, like I stopped behaving in that family dynamic. It was a decision. Like that's the decision you have to make to really free yourself. And, And it seems like that's what you've done. Yeah, no, I am free and I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. I also think it's funny how many people I meet. And you, of course, hear, meet all these people with these secrets, Brianne, which is so amazing that you do this and let people talk about it. But I meet a lot of women now who tell me, oh, I don't talk to my father. I don't <sighs> talk to my brother. I don't talk to my, and it's a secret. You feel so bad that you don't yeah. talk to someone in your family. And, and the people who have these kind of magical unicorn relationships with their family, you imagine, like, don't you love their faces when you tell them? Oh, well, I'm sure you'll work it out. Or so, I'm like, first of all, don't comment. Step one, don't comment. If someone says, I don't talk to my father, brother, sister, mother, the only thing you should say is, I'm sorry, that's hard. That's it. That must be painful. That I, I can imagine that would be hard. Yeah. The end. Don't comment if you don't know. <laughs> don't be like, I'm sure you'll work it out. Or don't you want to reach out to him? Or Did do you, you not try to call? Him? I had this one person tell me one time, they're like, have you ever told him how much he's hurt your feelings? And I looked at no. her like, I love you. Thank you for commenting. But I have tried that like a thousand times, right? Like, yeah. And you, yeah, you're not just stopping talking to somebody on a dime. You've already tried all the things. All the things, all the things, all the don't talk about it, talk about it, sweep it under the rug, you know, (laughs) ignore. It's just like you're exhausted. But I did want to ask you, and I don't even know if you want to talk about it, but I think I, a little birdie told me you were writing a book about it, about this dynamic. Well, because, well, see, here's the thing. I wrote <laughs> Look, she's a- really mad at me right now. She's like, no, I'm not, I'm not. That I wrote a first draft. Mm-hmm. And then I thought I'm still a little too close to this. Cause it was like two years ago. I wrote it. Right. I felt like I was still a little too close to it. I need to be the wise woman on the Hill that can kind of talk about this. I also thought this might be more delicious as a novel. Because oh yeah. Novel- Do it like a novel, like me, girl. Yeah. 
Turn yeah. it into fiction. Yeah, be, only because, listen, I, it, it's not like I wouldn't write it the other way because there is a lot of pain and, you know, but there is just some of these, these scenarios that happen are so wild mm-hmm. and insane that they almost lend themselves to comedy. Like they are almost hilarious. Some of these like things that have happened. So I'm trying to think about, do I do like, kind of like your book, a dark yet funny look at this real thing? Yeah. Or do I just tell the story as it is? So I'm kind of like toying with that right now. And I'm going to take the summer and, you know, think about it. Well, I just felt there was so much freedom as taking it out and just like, then you can say everything you've ever said and you have, you know, that fiction over it that protects. So you can be like, you don't know which one is real and which one is not, but you get to go through the process and also no one can sue you or you're like, no one knows what's real or what's fake. So. I just think the process of writing it out and 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 putting the truth out there and going through that process is what heals so much. And I just commend you to keep moving forward in that process. So I'm putting your ass on the line, I guess. Okay. <laughs> no, you're right. Because you know what? The, the It was very hard writing it, but it also, like, I remember when I first started writing it, it was so cathartic to just be like, yeah. this did happen to me. Yeah. Like these people sat there and they let her do this to me and they didn't sc- jump in and they kept saying, you two, you two girls. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't you two girls. Yeah. It was me defending myself against a dragon. So, and I'm not saying I didn't absolutely go dark multiple times and get in the mess and be toxic. A hundred percent. I got in that dance one zillion times. I also gaslit it a zillion times. I'm not saying that. But when I look at it, when I look back at all the times where I was just like doing nothing and had somebody attack me, that's that was more often than not. And and it's sad to me, you know, I would never let my my children get to that level. I just would never let it happen. It just is, it could never happen because that's not the kind of house that we're in. And we don't, we don't live like that. Well, that's why I think you actually need to write it and put it out there because other people probably feel the same way. They don't get along. Like I told you with my dad, I'm sure people don't get, like you said, a bunch of your friends. People need to talk about these situations is you don't always get along with family and that's okay. And you're allowed to take care of yourself. It's called self-love and self-care. hundred percent. And boundaries are love. I think that's the other thing too. I met this woman. Yeah. Over the weekend at this retreat, I told you I was going to, and you know, there's no accidents, as you know, Brie Anne. No, so <laughs> I sat next to her, and I told my story about my sister, mm-hmm. and she broke down hysterical, and she, you know, I was on with my microphone telling this group of seventy women, uh-huh. and, and very calmly, I'm not crying about it because I'm very solid in where I am about it. She took the microphone right after and said, I can't believe I'm sitting next to you. And when you started talking about your sister, I wanted to move my seat because I am in a toxic relationship with like all of my family. And she's like crying hysterically. I don't want to break up with my brothers. And I said, listen, you don't have to do it my way, boo. You do not have to do that. But you need a boundary. Yeah. you have a, you're not thinking of this correctly. You think the boundaries mean, like if I tell them I am not available for this, that's mean to them. It's not. No, it's not. 
It's not just like with children. Children need boundaries. That's where safety, that's where communication is clear. That's where people don't have that wishy-washy. When someone has a boundary, you're like, oh, that's their boundary. Okay, I know not to do that or you're not going to be friends or family or whatever. Boundaries literally create safety. Yes. And accountability, which is most important. Yeah, and it shows you you Mm -hmm. yourself that you love you. That you that you love yourself. It's sh- it's a way to show yourself. I care about me. I'm going to set this boundary, and I'm not going to move it. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, I love you. I'm so glad you came on. I'm so glad you talked about this. If people want to find you, where can they find you? You know, I know you have your podcast. That's amazing. Can you please just plug it before we go? And you were on my podcast, and in the top. 10 most listened to guests. So just going to say, people might might really identify with you, just saying. Uh, (laughs) You can find me at Warrior Women Pod on Instagram, or you can go to LizSwadek.com. And look for her book very soon, hopefully. (laughs) Yes, I'm going to be working on that. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you. You are a wonderful woman. And thank you for sharing your story and your secret. Thank you so much, Brianne. I love you. <laughs> and if you want to be on the show, please email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Until next time. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon.